you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports, and I am the host of the Locked On Indians podcast. Without further ado, let's get into it today. We'll start by talking about uh, tonight's game, and we're done. There was no game tonight. I'm sure there were a few of you yelling at the podcast when I mentioned that I would be talking about tonight's game um, in yesterday's podcast. Even as I said it, I realized my error, but figured I'll just run with it. So the Indians don't play today. So for today's podcast, we're going to look at their upcoming series with the Miami Marlins. And as I announced with the kind of new formatting that uh, we're then discuss Lake County, we'll look at their game tonight instead, and we'll talk about how the prospects there have been doing. Um, before I get into either of those topics, though, I just want to talk about how something that has stood out to me just in general with baseball so far this year, and that is the sheer number of injuries. The Indians have had their fair share with Lindor missing time and Kipnis missing time, and Clevenger set to miss a lot of time as well. But they're not alone. You know, the Yankees just put Aaron Judge on the disabled list. Um, as I was flipping over on ESPN to look at some stats, it, you know, they're mentioning... Uh, Birdie of the Pirates is hurt. Iovaldi, uh, uh, the Red Sox, is going to have surgery and MRI for DeGrom. Rockies place Freeland on the injured list. That's almost all of the information uh, for the top headlines. The only other ones are Harper being ejected for yelling at umpire from dugout and O's catcher Sucre pitches one, two, three, ninth on nine pitches. Everything else is injury-related. And injuries are a part of the game, but it does feel like they're happening at a much higher rate this year. And it's just something I'm going to definitely be paying a little more attention to. It feels that every time I turn around, a name player is hurt or something is happening uh, with a team putting multiple players on the disabled list. And it's just, like I said, it's something that stood out, something I'm going to be watching and paying attention to, and something just to uh, for you guys out there to kind of look at and see, oh... I'll be, I, I'll be curious to hear from you guys. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Thoughts on this? And one other call to the, uh, the listeners out there. I would like to start doing a mailbag once a week. So hit me up on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Send me those questions, and I will make sure to respond to them here on the podcast. So the Indians are going to have a short two-game series against the Miami Marlins. The Miami Marlins can very easily be viewed as the team that will be there to fix what ails you. They're in that complete teardown rebuild, and it is a odd roster. You have Lewis Brinson in center field, who was the main piece in the Yelich deal. Uh, before that, he was the main piece in the Lucroy deal. And one of those players that uh, I was always significantly lower on than the rest of the community because tools are great, but performance never really matched tools. And often there were some glaring holes in his game that we have continued to see as he moved up the ladder. He was not very effective last year. He has been just as bad this year. And, you know, he's he has more name value than production value. Left field, their typical uh, starter is Curtis Granderson, who is 38 years old. Uh, was effective last year in a limited role. He's hit uh, three home runs early, but he's just not making contact. Um, Father time is finally catching up to him. Right field, Pete O'Brien had had the most games, and he had been really ineffective. 
but he's been hurt. So we'll have to see who's in there. Could be Austin Dean, who's a, an outfielder, Isaac Galloway. Those are probably the two most likely players to fill in in right field. Third baseman Brian Anderson, uh, not to be confused with the former Indians pitcher, was effective last year. He's been effective this year as well. Continuing, um, he's one of their top three bats and is one of the few guys to kind of pay attention to on that team. He uh, has 13 walks, so a lot of value in his on-base percentage. Miguel Rijos at shortstop is one of their other top three bats, one of the three players on this team with an OPS plus over 100. He has the second highest on the team, as a matter of fact, at 111. He's hitting 300. Uh, he's, you know, walking a little, but it's mostly a lot of the batting average carrying it and some doubles. At second base, Starlin Castro, 29 years old. I know it feels like he's been around for a while, but he debuted so young for the Cubs. He is, uh, he's been all right this year, but uh, I wouldn't say he's been good. I wouldn't even say he's been average. He's been passable. At first base, they're starting Neil Walker, who used to be a first baseman, who has struggled the past few years, and this year, well, he does have three home runs, is... Uh, He's been about Castro's level of production. And then the catcher, Jorge Alfaro, who was one of the main pieces that they got in the deal for Real Muto from the Phillies. And before that, Alfaro was one of the main pieces that the Phillies got for Cole Hamels. So what we've already learned is Miami likes to get players, or players, yes, but prospects that other teams have kind of given up on or lost some shine Alfaro, though, is finally cashing in on the offensive promise that he has always shown. I don't know if it's going to hold up. He's got a 283 batting average. He's hit three home runs, uh, 453 slugging. But what stands out when you look at the box score is he has 23 strikeouts and one walk. Eventually, that's going to catch up to him. That type of imbalance is never going to work in a successful major league hitter. Um other players note, Martin Prado is still there. He's been uh, surprisingly effective in limited uh, appearances. In terms of their starters, you had Trevor Richards, Jose Arreño, Caleb Smith, Sandy Alcantara, who is probably best known as the centerpiece of the Marzalo Zuna deal, Pablo Lopez, closer is Sergio Ramo, who's 36 years old now, formerly of um, San Francisco. Their pen has, you know, just some minor names. Uh, Drew Steckenrider is one of the more familiar ones, but he has not gotten as many appearances this year. Wee Yin Chen, who they lost a draft pick a few years ago to sign from Baltimore, is 33 at this point and also working out of the pen. He's uh, one of those anchor contracts, much like Prado's, where I'm sure they'd love to give him away, but uh, they just can't find anyone that would take him. The starters have been... Uh, Caleb Smith has been the most effective. He uh, Richard is second. Smith so far this year, though, is has a strikeout rate over 11 an 11.3 with a walks per nine of 2.3. He has been uh, phenomenal for them. Trevor Richards is all right. 
he's missing bats, but he is walking a lot of guys. And Lopez has not had a ton of opportunities. His ERA is up there, but he is also um, a strikeout rate over 10 with a walk rate of 1.4. So there's some interesting arms there. It may not seem like it at first glance, but I'll be cu- I'm curious to see if some of these guys can keep up even remotely their performance they've had to start the year. So tomorrow's game will have the matchup of Pablo Lopez, who I mentioned before, against Carlos Carrasco. Uh, another constant here is the FIPs on all of these uh, pitchers outside of Trevor Richards are low. They have been affected by FIP, which means the Marlins defense is really letting their hitters down. Lopez, when I just look at the raw numbers, is probably the second most interesting arm. So he'll be pitching, um, like I said, Tuesday. Wednesday, it's Sandy Alcantara, who, in spite of big velocity, has never missed bats and has always walked too many batters. Um, Kind of in that Lewis Brinson mold of they're the tools that everybody loves, but I can't get past the production that doesn't match tools. And if there's anything that shies me away, it's when production and tools don't seem to match up. My classic example of this is Jeff Hoffman, who was viewed at one point as a possible first overall pick. He got hurt. He slid in the draft, but then he was a centerpiece in the deal um, where Toronto got Troy Tulowitzki and other pieces and went to Colorado, and he still has not been able to turn himself into an everyday major league player. So the Thursday, yes, the Wednesday matchup, the Indians have not announced their starter yet. I'll be curious to see if they give Jeffrey Rod, uh, Rodriguez another start after a, a solid performance last time out. Uh, we'll have to kind of wait and see what they do. I'm sure it'll be a day before announcement. The Indians are kind of lucky in the regard that uh, they are facing Alcantara, who is probably the worst starter this year for the uh, the Marlins, at least the one I trust the least. His FIP isn't too bad. I guess the worst starter is Richardson, or Richardson, Richards, or Urania. Urania, I might say, is worse. So they're facing, in terms of when I just look at raw numbers, probably their number two, and I guess actually their number three. But uh, again, Marlins offense might be one of the few teams worse than the Indians. And the uh, defense is definitely much worse. Speaking of things that are offensive, uh, having problems in the bedroom. That's offensive to everyone. If you're having some problems, go over to BlueChew.com and our promo code MLB. You can try their product for free. You're just going to take a survey and pay 5 bucks to get it shipped to you. BlueChew.com, promo code MLB. So I'm back, and now that we've talked some about this Marlins matchup, I thought we would switch gears and talk about the Lake County Captains. They're one of those one of the more interesting teams when I kind of did a quick review last week. They have Will Benson, who's repeating the level, but is the former first-round pick who's who oozes potential and is just a great kid by all accounts. Bo Naylor, who was the first-round pick a year ago. Quinton Holmes, who was their top pick two years ago. So you've got their last three top picks all in Lake County. Now, in some regards, I think that kind of uh, reflects a lot back on Benson, that two drafts after him, he's still at the same level as both those high school players. 
So in tonight's game, Lake County won 5-4. to four. I feel like I jinxed uh, Raymond Burgos, who's one of those players I'm really excited to see this year. He was phenomenal for the first three innings. Struck out, I think, seven through the first three. It was just moving right along. He ended up only lasting four and two-thirds, giving up four runs on eight hits, one walk, and eight strikeouts. He is a tall, lanky lefty who needs to fill out. But there's some velocity potential there, and he had an arm injury, and there's a lot of ceiling there. And he's kind of one of my—he might be my favorite helium pitcher in the system to watch. Lefties with his size, and when he fills out, I think you know the reports on him are glowing as a as just a student of the game as well. So I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what Burgos can do over the course of the year. Tyler Freeman's been scuffling. He went 0 for 5 tonight. His average is down to 269. Still managed to have a 829 OPS this year in spite of some of his struggles. He has had some doubles. He is still walking at a good rate for eight eight walks to just two strikeouts, six stolen bases. So even though the average is down, his on base is still up because he is walking at a good rate. And, you know, that's just one of those things that he's going to need to do when he is in these fallow periods because there isn't much power there. So if he's not hitting, the ability to work the count and walk is going to be kind of the saving grace. Will Benson, one hit, one walk, two strikeouts. He also stole two bases. Uh, you know, there was okay speed there, but he's never really a, he's not a plus speed guy. So that was kind of interesting to see that. Uh, Probably more of a comment about uh, Manzanero, who was the uh, the catcher for Dayton. Uh, Naylor, two for four. He's got that average up over 200 now. Uh, Holmes, 0 for three, one walk, two strikeouts. He's down to 146, which isn't the worst on the team. Of the guys who started today, that'd be Jesse Berardi who I was a huge fan of out of St. John's. I think I called him my favorite day two pick. Just has not come together for him so far in the Indians minors, and I I do wonder if the uh, time is ticking away for him. I was just staring at the box score. I realized I missed the Burgos did have a pickoff, so that's a, you know, certain lefties just seem to excel with those, so it's something else fun to watch. So you get right down to it here. It's... Benson's probably the biggest name. You know, he was a relatively high pick for the Indians kind of the last year before they went on their uh, division title run. He was the player they took at, I think, 12 overall. If not, it was the early teens or pre-teens, I guess. But he's the big name due to that. Um, Freeman was a, a comp B pick the next year. The first, the player taken before him was Holmes in that same draft and then you know Naylor was the the top overall pick a year ago and when you look at comparatively you know neither Torres nor um, Hankins are in a ball it kind of says a lot about the abilities of Naylor that they are taking that risk and having him play and the other interesting thing today was that Josh Roulette was DHing Roulette's having a uh, pretty okay year so far. Um, he's getting on base. He's uh, he's doing a he's walking. He's striking out. But 
because they're carrying three catchers, you're occasionally seeing that where they'll have Roulette DH. They just have, I mean, I'm big on Jose Freeman. He didn't play today. Uh, Ruben Cartagenas was a college player who they drafted a year ago. Uh, Marco Gonzalez is a big bonus kid who didn't play in today's game. Jose Nelson is a former day two pick who didn't play in today's game. So there's a lot of bats. Almost every single bat uh, is someone who would get some kind of prospect rating. Mitch Reeves is their most productive hitter. He's also significantly older than everyone else. He's probably the one who you don't give that rating to. He's a good organizational soldier for the Indians. But at this point, when you're looking at Lake County, for me... It just comes down to Freeman, Benson, Naylor. And then maybe your next tier you have the Fermin and uh, Gonzalez and Holmes. And then pitching-wise, you know, Brady Aiken's always going to be kind of a player you sit back and are intrigued by. But <laughs> he's not really a prospect at this point until he proves otherwise, at least in my opinion. You know, Alex Royalty was a, a draft pick from a year ago. Ellie Lingos was a draft pick from a year ago. I believe Thomas Ponicelli was a year ago, maybe two years ago. Zach Draper's been a recent pick. Uh, but it pitching-wise, it's the three starters. It's Raymond Burgos, Luis Oviedo, and Shane McCarthy. McCarthy has been the best one, but he is the polished college guy as you'd expect Oviedo is the highest rated one in terms of prospect rankings and Burgos is kind of that wild card so has been has been the case of late I ran long thank you all for listening thank you for subscribing for uh, on the Himalaya app on iTunes Google Play that is so huge thank you for the reviews that's better thank you for telling a friend remember you can always just tell your smart device to play Locked On Indians And uh, you can listen to my not-so-dulcet tones. Thanks, as always. And as always, go Tribe!